Welcome back to Option 5. My name is George Brooks, and on today's episode, we talk to Brian Bustos. Brian is the Director of XD and Strategy at H&R Block. And H&R Block, if you don't know, is a tax preparation service company, but they're way more than that. And I think we really had a blast getting into the fact that they're now becoming a strong technology company, um, and they have a suite of products that they needed to support with some interesting constraints given the tax seasons and um, you know a legacy company in some ways. Um, Brian and I, uh, we, we got to nerd out on a few things, um, specifically on design systems and how they're trying to work on creating a design system that applies across all of the workflows, all the user flows across the organization to create consistency, both internally and for the customers that might be using all the different products h Block offers. We also went into um, the innovation continuum, which is also a time traveling um, tool. But no, uh, the innovation continuum tool is a um, a kind of a a framework that he's been thinking about around how H&R Block can uh, sustain, evolve, and disrupt. I think you guys are going to love this episode. So let's just jump right into it. Well, hello, my name is Brian Bustos, and I am the director of client experience uh, design at H&R Block. That sounds awesome. I want, I want to be the director of experience design of something. What, what does that mean? What, do you, what does the director of client experience design do? Yeah, so there's really two hats that I'm wearing right now. And I think the first one, which was really what led me into this position was working on strategy, uh, experience strategy for the company, um, looking at two to three years out yeah, and um, being able to work with a cross-functional team on that. From there, being able to create a North Star experience for the enterprise. And um, so with that, um, I think in being able to integrate that back into the company, um, my role kind of switched to working with the designers, the content strategists and working with product owners to be able to um, just make sure that we're elevating our design, that we're going in the same direction and whatnot. So that's exciting. That's uh, that's sounds like both a huge initiative uh, as a company, as an organization, but also maybe for you individually and kind of a relatively new role. Yeah. Uh, How long have you been at H&R Block? So a little over two and a half years. I mean, that's real. You're invested. Yeah. That's good. Yeah, that's yeah. good. Um, okay. So um, tell me a little bit more about kind of that team. What is your, what do your team, what do your teams look like? How are they set up? You talked already a little bit about, you know, maybe cross-functional or kind of pulling teams together. What's, what's that look like inside the organization? Yeah. So um, my team falls under marketing. Oh, okay. And so we have um, a group that's specifically focused on client experience. Yeah. And what if, if I could break that down, um, that would fall into um, some product teams. Okay. And then that would also entail the experience studio, um, which would be, again, designers, content writers. And um, so that team that I lead, um, you know, we're really focused on serving the company enterprise wide. Yeah. Um, Client experience doesn't have all the product teams. There's actually um, various product teams. Yeah, I mean, there's so much more that the company does outside of what your particular team is focused on. Yeah, of course. Yeah, and even just to kind of paint the the landscape of, I mean, some of the experiences that we touch. Right. So um, we have uh, self-prepared online tax software. Okay, of course. Um, Last year, it uh, won an award, like number one. software. Yeah. That's a huge Um, deal. Yeah. It was from PC magazine, which is everybody's favorite magazine. I I know you you read it on a daily basis. It's what I go to bed to every night. (laughs) No, but I mean, (laughs) the cool thing is, I mean, they do a deep dive on all the tax experiences. They're very thorough. And just evaluate from a number of different touch points. And uh, we won the editor's choice. And so, I mean, kudos to the team for that. Um, I mean, that's something to celebrate too. Yeah. For you to go back to the team and say, Hey, great job, everybody. We you deserve this. Let's celebrate. It's, it's awesome. We've got yeah. a lot to do still. It's, but it's yeah. well-deserved. Yeah, yeah. And so good. if you can think about that as, I mean, what we think of a, a like an app team, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. software team, right? Yep. 
Um, but then if you kind of switch focus to what H&R Block was like started as, yeah. it was a like brick and mortar uh, assisted tax yeah. prep, right? Yeah. yeah. Um, that started with um, the, the Block brothers and yeah. Henry and Richard. And so from that um, has grown a huge retail footprint. Yeah. Um, yeah. That, I mean, most people know H&R Block. Yeah. yeah. And so... Even with that, our team is designing um, screens for our tax pros, oh, for yeah. um, our, our assistants at the front desk to manage appointments, yeah. and we build a lot of internal tools. Um, so you have so many different user groups then. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that's, um, and that's something that is really important to us, is to not just think about client-facing screens, uh -huh. but how did we design screens for our tax pros and for our field associates? Yeah. Um, I, I don't know if this is like a real saying, but like happy wife equals happy life. Yeah. Yeah. And it's kind of like happy tax pro, <laughs> you know, happy client. Yeah. yeah of course. And, and so, um, and there's some unique design challenges with that uh, I can imagine. because, um, if you can think about for a client, they might be looking at one of our applications. Maybe it's just for like a, a five minutes to send a tax pro a message. Yeah, just um, communication. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It might be that they're preparing their uh, their taxes on our software, and uh -huh. so maybe they're on there for an hour or two hours. Yeah, or starting and stopping. But then for our tax pros, they're looking at screens sometimes for like ten hours straight. Oh, uh, yeah. And so you think about how dense an application like that would be right. from an information right. data visualization standpoint, very different use case. But really what we want to do is elevate that experience for both client and tax pro to um, really bring a harmonized like approach to everything. That's fantastic. So what are some of maybe the, the challenges of doing that? Right. I mean, that's again, both from an organizational standpoint, but even from dealing with different use cases, different, um, you know, user fatigue, um, or use of ease. I mean, like what are the, some of the challenges that you're, you're dealing with on your teams or through your products that you're trying to build? Yeah, definitely. So part of what drew me to H and R block, um, prior to, um, my experience there, I'd really focused on screens. Mm -hmm. And when you think about user experience, yeah. there is that element of there, there, there is a user. So it's like, it's not like you just look at a screen. Yeah. Right. But you're thinking about like the environment they're in and whatnot. Mm -hmm. Yeah. When you think about, um, for H and R block, having a sit down experience, right. Where, um, a tax pro and a client are sharing documents. They're talking through really intimate yeah. details of their life that sometimes like not a lot of people get to know what this client like I mean finances are already stressful totally let alone taxes yeah let alone someone you maybe don't know you know more than what two weeks a year yeah yeah um, and so there is there's a there's a lot of anxiety that goes in that moment and so it gets beyond just screen design yeah and it gets into service design yeah I love that um, it gets into emotional and like emotions and empathy yeah. training and so for us being able to design in a holistic way. Um, and then on top of that, you layer just the c complexity of product development. Oh, yeah. So right. everything- It still from, has to be done. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so everything from um, the UI, like how the application actually looks, um, the UX of like the usability of it, yeah. the performance and speed mm -hmm. of the actual like applications loading up. Like we yeah. gotta think about all those things. Yeah, of course. And so um, I love, those complexities. Yeah. Um, but to, I mean, to say like to, to blink my eye and just be like, Oh yeah, that's like, it's easy. Th it's easy. Yeah. yeah. We got that. It's just words you're um, not allowed to use. In this <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Like we're, we're, it's, there's constantly room for improvement and, and we want to be mani like maniacal about like getting to the best experience for everybody. Talk a little, how are you doing that? I mean, so what is, what is a, um, maybe a workflow or a process that you're doing on your teams that are helping you to solve some of those problems? I mean, that those are some unique challenges. Um, what does that look like in the way that your teams are working together to get that done? Yeah, definitely. I mean, I, th I think, at um, a really high level, the first thing that jumps out is just research. Yeah. Like research, research, research. Okay, so that's, research, that's a like, really broadly used term. Yeah, so, yeah. So I talk, want to break that to me down. A, yeah, like I want to break that down a little bit. kind of research you do, yep. Yeah, so um, I think I, I, I could say um, that there's really kind of two ways that we go about things. Um, one is maybe what you would kind of think about with like traditional research of maybe 
getting a test group. Yeah. Um, yeah. And whether that's we internally moderate that or right. we um, actually hire like a company um, to come out and, and to help us with that. Yeah, of course. But um, being able to do like a qualitative um, with both our current experiences future experiences, prototypes, putting that front people, right? Yeah, it's great. So, so there's that element of it. I would say, um, the other element of it, um, I love the book, um, just enough research by Erica I Hall. I read that one. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, yeah. It's part of the, um, a book apart series. Oh yeah. I don't, oh, yeah. I don't yeah, know yeah, if course. you're a part of like yep. a yep. list apart. Yep. Of and course. Apart. We've got a whole stack of them down the other yes. office. Yeah. 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 yeah, okay. yeah. Um, it's on my to-do list to like, just order that whole like, just take a week off and yeah. just read. And they're, not, a, they're pretty quick reads. Yeah, usually. they are. Yeah, and yeah. I'm a huge fan of what that community is doing just yeah. for the design yeah. development yeah. community. So anyways, it, like I read that book a couple of years ago. And I think like, I mean, if I could just call it guerrilla research, but it's mm -hmm. like, you know, if, if you just got to be quick and scrappy to just find some of those early learnings, like yeah. that's something that like you got to go do. And um, sometimes like traditional research methodologies, um, like I was describing, um, they have their time and place and they've been super helpful for mm -hmm, us. Mm -hmm. um, but sometimes you just got to like from an iteration standpoint, from a prototyping standpoint, just get it done. Yeah. However, I mean, like jump out on the street, yeah. um, pull in even internal users. I think sometimes, um, you know... I, I'm thinking about seeing a laptop and somebody sticker that says like, you are not the user. Yeah, exactly. That's definitely true. But if there's a bad design that you've created or a your human team's being created, will know. yeah, they will, yeah. they will let that surface. And so let's, yeah. let's let our internal team have a, a first pass at some usability testing, totally. even to just like find some of that low hanging Just a fruit. pure testing at first. Yeah. Yeah. It's yeah. huge. So that's part of what I would call research. And then the other part that really comes to mind is um, really honing in on data. Mm. And you and, guys and probably have a huge set of data to at least use. We do. Yeah. We do. Um, and that's um, as a designer. I mean, that's awesome. We have a whole team that's just dedicated to yeah. like data. I bet a lot and, of our listeners would be so jealous because oftentimes there's like there's this, this set of data that exists. Yeah. But nobody who's dedicated or has the, the ability to kind of dig into it and go, what do we do with it? Yeah. Yeah. And I would still say, I mean, we use data in a lot of ways. I mean, uh, anything from just like, you know, where's the fallout yeah, on our conversion yeah, funnel? Yeah. Um, looking at our like trends in the retail space. I mean, there's just, there's so many ways that you could slice it. And sometimes the amount of data that we have coming in right. is, um, I, I think we're still early on in knowing how to fully leverage it right. for how much yeah, we have. Yeah. And I think that industry as a whole, data science or maybe even potentially the machine learning of it, and yeah. et cetera, et cetera that becomes something, I mean, it's just moving. It's changing yeah. so fast and the capabilities are so much more grand now, Yeah, which is really exciting. Yeah, but we've got, I mean, we've got some teams that are have some pretty sophisticated just methodologies of leveraging data in cool. real time for personalization, for A-B testing, for yeah. multivariant okay. testing. So, um, oh, that's so cool. yeah, it's that. exciting to um, be a part of an organization that has that and has that available. Yeah, and yeah, so, for sure. Um, um, so go back a little bit. Let's talk um, about your team structure. Um, you've already talked about, you know, you have this data team. Um, you're, you're obviously seeing a team that kind of reports into the CMO side of things or the, the marketing side of mm -hmm. things. But what do your, what do your teams look like? How are they set up? Who's on them? What are the roles, et cetera? Yeah, definitely. So I, in diving into that question, you know, I, I got to kind of think about it in two ways. And I think I've actually been kind of inspired by like how, or from some of our past conversations yeah. and even listening to this podcast, um, you know, you guys call out craft teams. Yes, right? I love and it. I, yeah, I love yeah. it. Good, good. Yeah. And so um, when I look at our design studio, um, we are kind of organized into craft teams. Good. And so, um, you know, we've got designers huddled with designers. Yeah. That's kind of like where their like desk space is yeah. and how they're organized yeah. and whatnot. Um, and then, you know, our content writers, we got that. Um, we have a team that's really de dedicated to like research. And so it's like, we, we have these clusters of teams that speak the same language are doing the same like day-to-day -day work. Yeah. And that's part of it. Um, but then we also have like our agile scrum teams. Yeah, of course. Yeah. That, um, are really focused on the product side of things that are going to be cross-disciplinary. Yeah. Great. So, um, you know, product owner, okay. Developer, okay. Yep. designer, good. 
Um, and and those teams right now, I mean, it depends on, again, we have so many. It's a big organization. We have, yeah, we have so many products. I mean, to even say, like, we have a one-size-fits-all. No, no, no. It maybe is, like, what's, you know, what's the kind of median? Yeah. What's the average way it's set up? Yeah, so, um, I mean, what I broke out um, of, of designer, yeah, developer, yeah. Um, product owner, BA, um, and they've, uh, some of them have dedicated scrum rooms, oh, war cool. rooms. Oh, cool, cool, yeah. That, and I think, you know, from my standpoint, what makes me happy is actually like when I don't see a designer for a while. Oh, I'm oh like, okay. I'm like, you well, know, because yeah. again, we're kind of huddled together yeah. in our, what you would call craft team. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I'm so kinda, that means I'm they're kind of away working with, I'm kind of wondering like, you know, did they die? Um, <laughs> did they yeah, quit? Yeah, did they, yeah, yeah. Are they sick? No. And then it's like, oh no, they've been like just hashing it out they've with been like, jamming in the other yeah, room. Totally. Yeah, that's great. And to me, that is such meaningful mm. and efficient way of working yeah. towards a solution together. Oh, that's huge. Um, I love, um, that cross pollination of skill sets. Yeah. And I think, um, you know, I, I'm not now my work is more focused on, I find myself in a lot more meetings, uh, you know, and such not is a, life. yeah, you know, yeah, um, yeah, and, yeah. and that's nothing new. I mean, but, and, and it has its time and place, but when I was focused on UX design myself, like when I was like in the trenches doing that, you know, I, I saw the advantage of. Um, or I saw really the change of being able to like working on my own, kind of passing things off. Yeah. And then when I got thrown into a team of, you know, working with a developer uh -huh. and it's like, we're co-locating and we're, you know, sharing screens yeah, and yeah. just, I mean, that was a game changer for me of like how to work together. And uh, so, yeah, that's like, great. So yeah, with, with our teams, there's not a one size fits all. Sure. And, and there never is. Yeah. Really. There really is. But I think we really are um, working hard right now at not just working on our products, but yeah. working on how we work together. Yeah. Good. Um, I mean, I can't tell you the, the number of workshops we've had on just f like hearing each product team, like what's working, yeah. what's not that knowledge sharing. Of, right. Um, you know, how does, how does design fit into DevOps mm -hmm. and, and um, it's a are huge we conversation right are now. we on the Everybody's same sprint cycles yeah. like just all of that and so um, we're headed in a really great direction and we're not there yet sure, and sure. we probably yeah. won't ever land there and I hopefully you don't ever arrive because yeah. you're always going to be learning how to do better and it sounds like so you're almost kind of retrospecting on yourself yes not on your products per se all probably also, yeah. but also retrospecting on going, Oh, you know, what went well, what didn't go well, how can we get better? Um, that sounds awesome. Yeah. And I'll just, um, you know, I'll kind of, uh, go a little bit off uh, of, of the beaten path here, but I think this is, has been a really important year for H and R block from a product and design perspective. Yeah. And I had mentioned earlier that um, I had the opportunity to kind of work on a two to three year experience strategy. Which is amazing. Which is amazing. And, and I think I, I just first want to call out that um, that was really initiated um, by our CEO, Jeff Jones, yeah. and the senior leadership team. And we had full support for that. From top down, that yeah. was, that's how people were thinking. Yeah. yeah and, great. and so um, to have that opportunity, um, to have that, that space and time mm. um, and resources mm -hmm. focused on that, I mm -hmm. think, um, is incredibly strategic. And not a lot of people get to experience that. And I'm, I'm super thankful for that. Um, where I'm heading with that and just calling that out is once we created a North star experience yeah, yeah. that was enterprise focused around client needs mm -hmm. instead of, um, if I could say like product needs. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Which is a normal thing. You're thinking yeah. only about what the tool will do yeah. rather than what, how it serves the person. And I think over time, you know, I, I mean, I think this is natural that as a enterprise exists for, I mean, H&R Block is decades old. Yeah. But we're transforming it to be, I mean, a, a digital first, like just um, the best caliber human support that we can have like experience for anybody that needs their taxes done. Yeah. And even going beyond that, um, it's just really important that um, we're designing um, for that enterprise like client need. Um, but sometimes I think with a company that's old or that um, has been around for a while. Yep the products 
start becoming kind of like uh, a reflection of the org chart. Yeah, we are that. Yeah. Instead of potentially what we could be. Yeah, and so in creating this this North Star focused around client needs, I think what happened when we landed that, and that mm. was just in April. Oh, wow, okay. Was we started to- Relatively so- recently. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We started to socialize it. And one of the things that it just kind of showed was, um, and this wasn't something new to the organization, but there was already like a awareness of this, but just that we had a lot of teams designing in silos. Oh man, silos. Yeah. I have such a, a soapbox about silos. So I think that's okay. Keep yeah. going. Keep and, going. I, and I think it's, it's, it's natural. It happens. Yeah. 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 And yeah. so it's, it's not, um, that, you know, this isn't something to, to harp on a, a team. No, for. it just so naturally happens. Yeah, yeah. But, um, as we started designing these North Starks, this North Star experience, um, at the same time that that was happening, you know, we were bringing um, the designers together yeah. to start look at things from an enterprise standpoint. So even s- certain things like um, a design system. I was just about to ask, you guys going towards a design system? We are. You we have are. to. Oh, yeah. And, so, and now there's the tools and resources to do that better than ever. Yes, totally. Yeah. Yeah. And, and so, you know, we're thinking in that way about scalability. Yeah. But take so a design system, if you think about that as being, um, hey, we're going to create UI components that are code based to me. To me, code is truth. Yep. It's not real until it's it's actually. code. Yeah. Whatever we actually push out in code is what the actual client experience, not some prototype that was slick and polished, Uh you know, like here's what it could be. But who knows if that's what it will. be? Yeah. But if you can kind of think about those as like Lego blocks, right? Yeah, And they're to be used by different product teams in the best way possible to give that client experience. Um, What we did with the North Star was look at the client journey. Yeah. Um, I I feel like I could just do a whole episode on client journey and the importance of that. Yeah. But looking at that from a holistic standpoint and starting to identify that, you know what, we have teams that are designing very similar experiences. Mm. So it's mm-hmm. not just that they're designing um, buttons in isolation, and yeah. so we have you know three versions yeah, of Yeah, and you green. want all the buttons to look th- the same. Yeah. It's like, no, these might be actually shared but it, workflows. But actually getting to, yeah, to a more macro level of like, you know, we've got a, a full, um, like uh, we're designing communication tools. Yeah, of course. We're a tax company first, Yeah, but but in taxes the same are done way, by people. Yeah. And so we're like, you know, we're we're wanting to just be like one of the best communication companies out there. So if you think about collaborating, yep. uh, sharing documents, commenting, just things like that. So um, with that, it's like if you see that we actually have three different layouts of documents and drag and drop that are created by different teams. So frustrating. Um, so in, in some ways it's, it's looking at not just component like UI elements, but yeah. also like component services. Yeah. So and, actually um, creating a, a library, if you will, of the workflows themselves. Yeah. Yeah. And or being the, able know, to functional workflows. Yeah. Being able to piece those together in mm. different ways. And so the cool thing about H and R block, so I'm just going to, um, yeah say something proud about our company. Like Do it, we, nerd we, out. It's great. Yeah, yeah. So we offer more ways to get your taxes done than any other company. Yeah, good. And so, hey, if you want to do it yourself, if you if you feel confident with that, we've got online software for yeah, you. Yeah. If you are doing it, but somehow you kind of like start panicking, like, oh my gosh, I don't know. That would totally be me. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So yeah. you can just fire up a tax pro to jump in and to help. And it can be anything from handing it off to them to them just kind of helping you get past that one oh, question great. you have. Yeah. Um, we've got, like I said, our retail footprint. Course. And then um, we're fi- we've fired up last year a new virtual experience called Tax Pro Go. I love it. Not virtual like throw on you know VR. Oh, goggles. it's like VR AR. <laughs> yeah, no, like no, it's no. a hologram yeah, of a hologram. Tax Pro. Yeah, 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 yes. yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, the high five feels so it's real so, at the end of the experience. It's like tactic feedback yeah. or haptic feedback. Yeah. No, yeah. so um, you know it's a remote experience. So yeah, it's basically like be, just being able to send your documents to Tax Pro, mm-hmm. then being able to you know ask whatever questions and dig just to make sure that like we're covering everything. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so we call that Tax Pro Go. But like all these different experiences, uh-huh. they have some overlap and yeah, some, some shared flows. Right. And, and so you think I, I can already see that, you know, the, the tax bar go is a communication back and forth files, chat, whatever you, you know, maybe a video. I don't know exactly yeah. how it works. The person chiming in during midway 
still a communication platform, making sure that, I mean, there's a lot of commonality through all three of those experiences. Yeah, exactly. And so um, the North Star really kind of like showed us um, and elevated the need to start designing in that way Yeah. of um, not just thinking about your own channel or like your own product, but also thinking about it and, and that journey, uh-huh. an end to end journey, yep. but also looking across the enterprise and, and thinking, how can other teams use this or mm. do other teams mm-hmm. use this? And can we build this in a way that is modular and so that it can adapt to context? Yeah. I'm kind of curious, and this is maybe, it wasn't a question that I had originally, but um, just given that you're going that route and we're kind of nerding out as well right now in design systems, it's something we're thinking a lot about. Um, how are you managing that? Uh, both maybe tactically, like what tool or, or what, what system are you using to kind of say, Hey, if you need to go look for something like a communication box or whatever, specifically with yeah, the design system. Yeah. Like, okay. Yeah. How do you, how, how, how would a team across the building or on the, <laughs> yeah. th- on the third floor down know that that even exists or know to go look for it or know that how to get access to it? So just this morning I was in a whiteboarding session trying to figure that out, mapping out kind of the the end to end of both DevOps and design ops yeah, yeah. for how does this workflow happen? Yeah. And right now we're just starting to we've we've been designing components. Sure, sure, of course. Um for So a you're while. building the library. Yeah. The and herb. and maybe I can even step back cuz um I this might be relevant to 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 certain companies. Yeah, so please. we have a lot of new applications that are being fired up that are cloud-based. Yep. We've got some legacy applications. I can imagine. Yeah. It's not a new company. Only a couple. Um, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And so we kind of took a two phase approach to okay. even bringing design consistency. And so, um, and this is maybe uh, opening up, you know, the curtains a little bit I love into it. it. But I think that, you know, I think it's important. And I think that I'm proud of where, how we've gone about this. Yeah. Yeah. Um, we started with really just kind of uh, landing on a common design language for mm-hmm. our primary applications. Good. And so, um, but looking at the product roadmaps, what we had to deliver for season, we felt like it was super risky to actually like have everybody rip out their front end code. You know? Yeah, because you, I mean, season's coming up for you, tax season. Yeah. Is what, like, it well in it a starts, couple months yeah, really yeah it's it starts out to be uh really december yeah um is when people start thinking about taxes so you don't want to rock the boat yet yeah and that's an interesting design challenge for us I is that we imagine. have a, a small window of time to like what, go from what percentage i don't i don't know if you know that percentage but what percentage of the the workflow of what your applications endure happens in like a six week window or something. I mean, like a really small window of tax season. Yeah. I mean, or a few ta- months tax or season ends in April right. for us. And then, um, you know, we've got to have our designs like oh, wow. ready for, um, level of effort, yeah. you know, to yeah. start thinking about from an iterative standpoint and yeah. like, what can we actually put into season for the next year? Right. That's a whole other That's conversation. Okay. We won't go so, there, it, but I'm just, but, it's, yeah, it's a bit unique challenge. It, it is. Challenge. It is. And, um, and this is where road mapping and yeah. that North star becomes really important yeah. because what we're doing is shifting from season to season reactionary mode yeah. to starting oh, to like, yeah. Hey, what can we be, de- be designing now? Smart. A- and so those North star, like that North star allows us to be able to kind of see ahead. Oh, brilliant. Okay. okay. So, so back, going back, back, going in, back. Yeah. I'm sorry. I derailed. No, no, that was, I'll take that one. <laughs> uh, so with the design system, really what, where we started was just, let's just do a paint job on some of these applications. Yeah, good. And let's just change the CSS. Mm-hmm. Um, let's, let's paint all the buildings white <laughs> and let's <laughs> yeah. just paint all the doors green. Yeah. Love it. H and R block green. Yes, of course. Yeah. Yeah. And, and so that was kind of phase one. And, um, even in that, you know, I, I've been, um, advocating for a design system. Mm. Um, I think since I got to H and R block and again, like we got buy-in from leadership, like, I mean, it's, yeah, the support that we have right now is like, it's such a good place to be. It's so rare. Yeah. I, I don't know if you know how rare that is. Like talking to other large organizations, unless the leadership buys into that type of culture happening yeah and taking place it's it is it's like you know going uphill against everything they our leadership sees the power of design yeah it's awesome and so uh, yeah again super thankful for that but i wanted to like right away with this project like we got to start the design system right away like Uh we got to get a code based like 
And somebody kind of warned me like, hey, you know, if you if you go down this path mm-hmm. um, and we have, I guess, the, the backlog of uh-huh. implementation yep. closer to when season starts, there's going to be um, higher priority stuff that's going to come yeah. in and yeah. de-escalate it. And it's going to. And so this was really kind of a first step in that. Sure. Um, but now what we're working on is the, what I would say is kind of the long-term solution of yeah. code-based design system. It's ah, exciting. So, um, we're using, um, I mean, what I can tell you, yeah, so, sure. so we're using, uh, Microsoft, okay. um, ADO Azure DevOps oh, good. and as our development environment. All right. And, um, in terms of what we're using from a design ops standpoint and how that interfaces, yeah. um, we're still working on that yeah. and what that looks like, but I know that we've landed on um, using Storybook JS yep. and also Stencil.js. Which, I don't know Stencil. Interesting. Yeah, and I don't want uh, so. Oh, you and I would pretend like we know yeah, what we're yeah, talking yeah, about. It's yeah, fine. Yeah. We're not developers. Th- I get this it. is what I do know about it. <laughs> um, you know, it, it's it's newer on the scene and it plays really well with Angular. With, oh, with sure. React, yep. and um, and really, I think how I've kind of seen like the value prop of using it is that it's more future proof. Yeah. So if there was, if you want to use vanilla JS, if uh-huh. down the road, yep. there's a new contender that beats out React, that stencil actually play. like oh. will be able to like play to with a lot that. of different. Yeah. So definitely check it out. My okay. team's really excited about it. Cool. We've been playing with um, Envision. Envision's our prototyping tool. Yeah. And their new design system manager is, um, we're mostly a React shop. So that's kind of nice because the majority of what we're going to be doing is creating React components and Storybook. And their new design system manager has a React integration, yes, which we're totally nerding out on. It would be really exciting because then basically the designers could go in and make alterations literally in the design system manager that could, in theory, we have to see how well it plays out, um, in theory, publish out to you know, broad breaching application changes. Yeah. So. And we're on sketch. We're using Envision and we actually used Envision DSM yeah, good. for that first phase. Yeah. And so we're just kind of evaluating right now yeah, of course. all I the options. It. Totally get it. And creating the sandbox environments of like, you know, how did this how does this integration It's all experimentation. Story? Yeah. Totally get it. Yeah. Cool. So cool. we're early cool. on in that. Oh man. Uh, I'm glad we got to nerd out on design <laughs> systems. Yeah. I am that's an area that I'm very excited about. Okay, so you're in this position where you're kind of overseeing this huge move towards um, a design kind of first thinking, uh, really thinking about the user, thinking about that North Star, um, thinking about the way that you're both structuring your teams internally and then making sure that that applies across with design systems. Um, I know there's a lot of companies that we've talked to. They're, they're really in the trenches with you on trying to solve all of these same problems. What are a couple kind of... Te- you know, key takeaways that you would give someone to say, here's some things you should be thinking about right now, either in your role or in maybe the problems that you're trying to solve right now that could be helpful for them. Yeah, this is, uh, so I would say, and just to be transparent, the last four to five months have been probably the most challenging experience that um, I've had Good. Um, yeah. And so, I mean, and, and I'd love to just kind of t- break that down Do a little yeah. bit. Why? What is that? What happened? Yeah. So I think in some ways designing in silos is easy. Mm-hmm. I, yeah, I mean, that's not, that's an overstatement because design in, just in general, it's you, hard product. You, you product can make things, but you can go away and make, make it look whatever you want. But, it, but like. it's, but it's a little bit faster. Yeah. And as we started asking teams to not just think about their end-to-end journey, mm. but then to kind of dissect it and to be thinking about, you know, could we actually create a like a, a an experience component that yep. can be leveraged by multiple teams? What that ended up like in the spirit of collaboration, yeah. knowledge sharing, creating a um, like a, a shared like component. Yep. Um, what ended up happening was we had a huge spike in meetings. Everybody has an opinion. Yeah. 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 And a good, for good reason. Yeah. And it's all well-intentioned. Yeah. Um, there's also a little bit of, um, it kind of rocks the boat mm. of, well, who owns this then? Yeah. Like, are you like, and there, and then dependencies. Yeah. So if you can yeah. imagine that another team is working on a specific, uh, page or component 
that you're supposed to be, and they're still designing it, and you're being asked by leadership to show the full flow there's or whatever. There's macro flow, but there's this piece of it that's going to be yeah. consistent that's not done. Yeah, and so, yeah. you know, do you put a placeholder? Uh, do you, like, get the, the the current version, but it's not quite baked yet, or it hasn't oh, been yeah. user tested? Yeah. So um, I think for me, like, with creating the North Star, so we, we landed it in April, like I said. Yep. And um, as we discussed, like, one of the design challenges of being in a tax company is that we have a quick turnaround yeah. for the next season. Yeah. And so um, I think we were pretty ambitious <laughs> for what we could start working on for the North Star uh-huh. for this current year. Sure. And it put a lot of strain on the teams. It, it did bring, like I said, a little bit of a confusion at times of, well, who owns what or yeah. who's doing what? The decision-making is really difficult yeah, in that it is. context. It is. And, um, you know, I was reflecting on this this morning um, just in preparing for this. And, and I, I mean, one thing is just um, I couldn't be more proud of mm. our teams, mm, good. both, I mean, the experience studio, but also our product teams, because um, I think we all see that, like, what we were trying to do was the right thing. Yeah. Um, I think the timing of it, put a lot of strain. Sure. Um, Which again, you guys have a unique context with that. Yeah. And I think that what, um, what we were trying to do with the North star and thinking about what should we do for this year? Yeah. We had kind of created a little bit of like, um, I don't know, like a, a little bit of a Venn diagram of sorts to like, try to figure out what should we target? Yeah. And it kind of broke out in like this, like we call it the like innovation continuum. <laughs> I love, I, I mean, that, that's, a, that's about as, um, as jargony as it gets, but I, I know, love it. I Go. Know, an I innovation continuum. What is I know. an innovation continuum? It sounds continuum? like it could like throw you, like it's, it sounds like a time machine or something yeah, like that. Yeah, I love it. No, but if, if you can kind of think of it this way, like, um, so we have like sustaining, I don't know if you call it sustaining innovation, yeah. but like, you can think of a continuum of innovation being sustaining, evolving, and disrupting. Yeah. And so, like, we wanted to look at our current experiences and first just identify what are the pain points that, like, we know we need to solve for next year already. Yep. Okay. Yep. So we have we, there's there's plenty to go after, but like, what do we really prioritize? I think, and so that would be the sustaining innovation. It's yep. like, how do we sustain these experiences and just you know make them better? has to be done. We're going to keep moving forward. Yeah. Yeah. But then as a company. Um, we don't want to just like sustain what we've done. We actually want to evolve and we want to take things, um, brand new things to the marketplace that um, are really going to like wow our customers, make their lives easier, Yep. Um, really be a client benefit, um, not just fixing a breakpoint, right? Yep. And so for us, that was the evolving innovation. Yeah. And then the the third tier of that would be disrupting, which is, creating new experiences that w- that if Maybe we have never been done before. Yeah. Or if we don't do them, somebody else is going sure, to. Sure, yeah. yeah. And I mean, I would love to dive into what some of that stuff is. We've uh, got an exciting two to three years. Oh, you at can't, I can't drip, drip well, anything. Well, on. No, no, <laughs> it's no, all right. No. I get it. I get no, it. No, but um, what I can say was we were trying to find, you know, what are like, what out of those experiences? So sustaining, like mm. doing what we do, but better, yeah. like evolving, doing something new and scaling it yeah, and then disrupting, making what we did obsolete. So for us, it was looking at, I mean, I'll just give you an example. So like our login experience, yeah, like, yeah. Um, you know, there's definitely some room for improvements. Right. Um, and so this was something that we like honed in on for this year of how do we make this better for our clients? Yep. Um, what are the pain points in it? But Logging also, can be so annoying. Oh, I know. It's I know. the worst. Authenticating, and there's a thousand different ways to do it now. And well, and for us, security is it's huge. A huge, huge. With the type of data you're dealing with, that's scary. Yeah, and we very much prioritize that security. Yeah. And so, let for, it be known, you yeah. guys care a lot about security. Oh yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. And yeah. so, uh, obviously, that creates. You know, we there's it's a lot easier than firing up a bird scooter. Yeah. Right. right. Yeah. Um, yeah. But does it have to be? Um, you know, and so that's how we're looking at it. Um, so we definitely wanted to fix any pain points in that, but also seeing that like with like our experience, like tax pro go, which Uh is like, we're, that is definitely like a game changer in being able to work with a tax pro. 
Um, so you don't have, you know, you don't have to go into the office if you can't, if you're, you're, it's a big deal. Your schedule doesn't allow. So working on that login experience will also impact yeah. that. Yeah. Right. Right. But then also realizing from a disrupting standpoint, even though login experience isn't disrupting, right. But just realizing that whatever we create in the future, you're going to have to log in yeah, and authenticate, right? There's still a gateway. And so that helped us to prioritize some of those things, like mm, having that I kind of mentality, like having that mentality of like, you know, what can fix current, what starts pushing us towards that new experience and then like what will actually build towards disrupting. And so some of this is like foundational and enablers. Yep. And so it, the the design system gets into that as well. Again, sure. it doesn't matter what we do, like we're going to need design. And so it's like, we either do the design system now or accrue more design, design debt, debt, dev yeah. debt. Yep. And so, yeah. So that's how we, and then like backlog debt. It. it is really what it comes down to is like, there's just too much to be done and there's never a way to prioritize that, make decisions on it. Yeah. Um, which it sounds like you guys have at least started to create a system for that. Yeah. So like I said, it, it put a lot of strain on the team as yeah. we were trying to decide what should we should be working on. And I think the takeaway is, be mindful of timing. Mm, okay. And then also um, work closely with your product owners, your product teams um, to really understand their current roadmaps. Yeah. And to, to allow enough ramp up time to integrate and allow them to be shifting things. And, and that's yeah. more of what we're doing. Yeah. Like we're already working on. It's 20. not just due time. It's prepare, get ready. Yeah. What context is it going to be in, et cetera. Yeah. And that's what we're doing differently. I mean, we're already working on 2021, yeah, which course. is like, wow. I'm so exciting like that we're already working on this and we're planning out road mapping sessions with like a bunch of product owners, like, and, and their directors and their VPs, like to really make sure that like we're on the same page, that we're going at the right cadence. And so, um, I mean, that's, that's what, is what I would say is the call out is just make sure that you have enough ramp up time and sure. allow the organization to, to adjust to it, yeah. to be able to give input to it. Mm -hmm. um, and, and we definitely did that. We, we took it from a collaborative standpoint from yeah. the get go. Yeah. yeah. Good. But I think it was that rollout, man. It, I mean, you, you have conquered some big Hills, some Hills that people honestly spend 10 years trying to figure out. Um, in a pretty relatively pretty short period of time. We're, we're a work in progress. <laughs> I think we all are. Yeah, that's, that's yeah. good. Um, okay. So where do you go for inspiration? Where do you go to learn to be better at your craft or to help your teams be better at their crafts? Yeah. So, um, it shifts a lot. Okay. Okay. A lot. And, um, I was an English major. All right. I mean, we get all types for the backgrounds. I, know. I had to talk to somebody the other day from Strava who um, his background's in journalism, yeah. which is awesome. I mean, same kind of ethos. So that, yeah. And um, I've had a lot of, I don't know if you'd call them pivots in my career, but I started as a booking agent for like some music boutique agency. All right. I was like cold calling bars and I venues and colleges and that churches. teaches and, you some thick skin. I yeah. Like you know, but um as I was doing that, I just saw a lot of inefficiencies. Yeah. And so, um, like calling one-to-one, -one, this was like when MySpace was like the thing, right? Oh, okay. We're going back. All right. Yeah. And so this was kind of my introduction to product design mm. was I just saw a need to keep a database and Excel wasn't cutting it. Okay. And as so, we all say, we, our job is to replace Excel. That's <laughs> yeah. basically what, why Crema exists. Yeah. So our company, um, hired uh, a developer and we were able to create, I didn't even know what it was called at sure, the time, but sure, we created sure. a CRM all with right. an automated workflow of being able to like get signatures from people and wow. emails being shot out and wow. whatnot. And so, um, and I bring this up when you talk about inspiration from the standpoint that, I come across like a new problem every day in my career yeah. that I don't know how to solve it. Yeah. I feel like I'm constantly like stumbling. And so I will at that moment just be like, okay, let me Google search. Yeah. Let me just start to figure out what this term is. That's exactly right. Yeah. And so, I mean, I've gone from being um, a booking agent uh -huh. to a marketer to a front end developer yes. um, to a UX designer um, to UX strategist. And, and so in, in wearing all those hats, 
Like, I, I guess I'd start with just Google. Yeah. Let's find out what this terminology means. Please, internet, tell me yeah, the answer to my but, problem. But to get, I mean, a little bit more specific. So uh, Jamie Levy um, wrote a book called yeah. UX Strategy. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And I think for me... I think we have that over in the other office. Yeah. Yeah, it's fantastic. And I think for me, um, as I started stepping into the strategy role and thinking about North Star, yeah. um, really trying to just get a handle of like, what does UX strategy mean and mm. what how does that impact... Um, both business outcomes and client yep. outcomes and, and where do we find that middle point? So that's been super inspirational. Um, I also like to step out of my craft. Oh, okay. Okay. Yeah. And so, and think about things in different ways. So um, 13 minutes to the moon podcast. I don't know this one. Okay. Oh, I got to write it down. So um, Scott Permar, he's a, um, a guy that we work with out in um, Portland had, had told me about it. And it's basically about um, us getting to the moon. All right. And, all right. Okay. From a product development standpoint, I mean, just to kind of geek out here. I love it. I mean, we're talking about some of the first software being written. Yeah. Uh, we're talking about um, hardware design. We're talking about team dynamics. We're talking about women in tech. Yeah. Uh, we're talking about iterative design. So you think uh, Apollo 9, Apollo, oh, like, yeah. you know what I'm saying? It's like yeah. um, all and, the principles that we just, you know, list off. Yeah. Now, they were, they were making those principles and literally shooting to the moon. It, oh my gosh. <laughs> I mean, it's like, you know, we use that phrase. Like, I mean, I think about some of the, the moonshot, the idea. design workshops that I'm, I'm, I'm facilitating or my team's facilitating and we have an exercise like what is our like shot to the moon yeah and this is actually about like literally literally going getting to, to the, the moon, moon. Yeah, wow. and wow. you see just like these challenges of like when an astronaut goes to space and for the first time somebody throws up oh. and all of a oh. sudden it's like oh we got to think about that next time yeah and so, it, so you got the like pain, just, user pain points oh <laughs> you gosh got, you know i'm so, just like visualizing that entire experience now. yeah so oh, it's wow. super inspirational and oh, wow. honestly i as i'm listening through it it sounds sci-fi yeah meaning but like e real. but it was in the past but was it really real i mean flat earth <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no no we're not gonna go there <laughs> no but it's oh, um, fascinating and so i think from a design standpoint from a like a, a product development uh -huh. standpoint there's just a lot of principles and takeaways i yeah, mean of course they had people un unfortunately die yeah from it was you know some serious some, from timelines being rushed yeah i mean so cutting corners, they did some amazing things that um, were super aggressive. Yep. And so I think it's a great podcast for that. 13 minutes to the moon. That yeah. BBC. Awesome. Okay. Okay, cool. Um, okay. So let's wrap it up. What's something as we're kind of wrapping up now, what's something you're just excited about? Whether it's the industry or maybe the product you're working on or your team, what's, what's something that just gets you excited right now? Yeah. I would say tax progo. I love it. Yeah. Yeah. Which is again, that virtual yeah. like assisted tax experience. And when I got to block, um, we had, we were, a team was working on MVP Yeah, for uh, that. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And, um, and we kind of put it into like a soft pilot, um, two years ago. And then last year is when we rolled it out like nationwide. And, and part of my wanting to come to block was to live with some experiences for, more than you know nine months yeah, sure. or like project in project out yep. project in project out but being able to get those like findings of you know what's working what's not let's iterate on that yep and that um that experience now is starting to really mature oh, and cool. so cool. um i actually believe that it's a fantastic way to get your taxes done i think it's a fantastic experience for the tax pro yeah and so, um, yeah, I would definitely, you know, just a little push here. A little, like, little plug, yeah. little yeah, plug. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Honestly, I would, I'd love that. At the end of, we try to give space for that. Give, give a plug for uh, everybody should ch check out Tax Pro yeah. Go. Yeah, love yeah. It. Love it. Well, Brian, thank you so much for joining us today. This has been so Thanks much fun. Me. And I love the way that you guys are thinking about, I mean, you, you have so many interesting constraints with, you know, your seasons with a big old company that's but at least they're, they're creating a culture and a space for you guys to think differently and, and innovate. Uh, and literally, what is it? In innovation continuum. Yes. I love it. Time travel. <laughs> Flat earth. All right. Um, hey, man, thank you so much for coming on today. Thanks, George. Man, I really enjoyed that conversation with Brian. Um, again, going back to some of the things that we talked about, 
I, I think that they are really thoughtfully thinking about how to structure their teams. I, I love his language of saying, we created a North Star. You could just hear that lace through everything he talked about. That They wanted to have something that drew them forward past the season to season kind of necessities of, of fixing uh, you know the existing tools and instead said, what if we think about the long-term goal of making a consistent, great user experience, both for the people that are going to their brick and mortar stores, for those individuals that are doing it as a DIY, or for those that need a little support as they're going through it and they can you know pull in um, messaging with a, a tax pro. Um, HR Block is in our backyard here in Kansas City and they're doing incredible work. Um, it was such a, a pleasure to learn from Brian um, how they're thinking about it at a large organization that has those constraints. And and really good on them that they have such an incredible culture. Their leadership has really shaped an environment where this type of great work can happen. And I think that's something I want to see more companies do is that the leadership can buy into design and product culture can be a way to move and to innovate a company forward. So H&R Block is uh, getting a huge thumbs up for us in the way that they're thinking. As always, I really appreciate your time to listen to this podcast. We put a lot of love into this and I hope it's useful for you. Um, if you found it to be valuable, go on to iTunes and give us a five-star review and maybe a little comment. Uh, let people know that it should exist. Be sure to share this episode of the podcast as a whole with your friends, your teammates, your aunts, your uncles, and everyone else so that we can grow this. We think that option five, again, a reminder that option five is that four options of, I think I know what to do. I'm, I'm really confident that this is a direction to go. And at a certain point, you get to that, that fifth option. And fifth option is, you know what? I'm going to take a leap of faith. I'm going to say yes, and I'm going to learn as I go. And I think all of our guests across the episodes have shown how they're willing to take that leap, learn as they move forward, not be content to say that they're good enough yet, but that they're going to get better every day. So uh, that's what Option 5 is about. Option 5 is brought to you by Crema. We're a digital product agency that is really focusing on helping teams create incredible products through product teams, and product team culture. Um, if you want to learn more about Crema, go and check out crema.us slash podcast. Until next time, thank you guys for listening.